to me, anybody raised in Western society or raised in our culture could use some psychedelic medicine. You know, somebody might disagree with that, but that's just my my stance on it. I, I believe everybody can use some psychedelics in one form or another because everybody, like I said, everybody has faced the domestication that is unavoidable being born into Western society, right? All of your thoughts are pumped into your head from the time you're little and they're not always all your thoughts. They're just telling you what you should be. And the psychedelics take those thoughts and say, no, all these things that you thought you should be, this is what you are. And then when you can figure out who you are and know yourself, that's when you can build from a powerful place and build the life that you want, you know, while at the same time affecting the people around you in a positive way. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Psychedelic Conversations. Today, we have Jackson Gage in the house. Welcome, Jackson. So great to have you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Appreciate it. Pleasure. And just to give our audience a bit of your background and some context, I'm just going to read a few lines from your bio. And we'll have your full bio in the show notes and your links as well if they wanted to get to know you more and connect with you. So Jackson, you are a podcast host as well and you're a retired police officer. You joined the force when you're around 24 in the same neighborhood and you worked as a police officer for many years uh, experiencing high stress events and you know, lots of, you know, disturbing crime situations and ended up with a PTSD from what I understand, then was told to just retire, which then led you into the holistic healing space and uh, you managed to work through this on your own with the holistic modalities. Yes. This is one, yeah, this is wonderful. And just for our guests to, you know, to hear it from you, what brings you to, apart from, you know, having high stress job, what brings you, what was that moment when you decided to come into the psychedelic space, at least to seek them as your healing modality? Okay. Um, it's It's been kind of a lifelong journey that led to, into psychedelics. Uh, like you said, I was a cop for 10 years in probably one of the most violent cities in California. And that definitely takes a toll on you. So I, I, I went into that kind of from a personal growth standpoint when I was 24, I thought, well, this is going to be difficult. So let me try this because I've always been trying to face my fears and become a, a, uh, I would say ever since I was 13 or 14, I've been into personal growth and facing my fears and, and, uh, yeah, being a cop was something that I thought would turn me into a, a more confident person. So I did it and it led me on this crazy journey of, you know, violence and death and chasing down really hardcore criminals. And, you know, you see things that you don't want to see. And 
uh, excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry. And so, um, yeah, when they told me I had to retire, I, uh, it was, it's one of those things where, you know, you build this career for 10 years and you have a whole network of friends and family and the title, you know, the, the material world power title that comes with a young man being a cop. And that at that time, that meant something to me. And for them to tell me it was time to retire, um, I knew inside that it was, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, what am I going to do now? You know, this has been my life. Everybody I know is related to, to this, uh, career and now it's time to go. So that was, uh, during that time, that transitional time, I was deciding whether or not, because you don't have to take the retirement. Uh, a lot of guys are told they need to retire and because they don't want to leave, they stay with the mental health issues and they stay as police officers and they turn into alcoholics or they get addicted to, um, you know, antidepressants and their marriages fall apart and their life falls apart, but they stay for the title and they stay for the ego, you know, they stay for the power. And, uh, so I was talking to my younger brother, who's always been into psychedelics and he, uh, he was like, Hey, come up to the mountains with me, man. We're going to eat some mushrooms because it was a big transitional point in my life. And so I was open to it. I've been, like I said, I've always been on the spiritual path of growth. So uh, we went up into the mountains and we, he gave me some mushrooms, which was now, I think like almost probably like three and a half grams of psilocybin. And yeah, it was, it kind of changed. It released me from my, the chains of the material world that were holding me into this career and this lifestyle. It was really the first big release that kind of shed my need to be part of this society construct. And so it, it was very clear uh, amongst other things, it was a really powerful experience. And uh, the big message that I got, the intent that I went with into that was what am I going to do about this career? And the very clear message was, why are you even worried about that career? Like, don't even, you have so much more to do in this world. What do you even, why are you even worried about it? Let that go, let that go and continue on in your life. And uh, yeah, it kind of, it. after that day, I was like, okay, I know what, what I need to do now. So, and then that's led to, you know, a whole yeah. different path. Yeah, that's so wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. Wow. So this is great start because, you know, what I wanted to say is that it's very common for many of us to be kind of associated or attached to some of the work that we are involved in or we build our lives around, right? It's just very difficult to see anything, you know, or, or, or separate ourselves psychologically from this thing um, when, it's, when it comes to, you know, seeing it from a authentic perspective and I always speak to so many people they always say that you know they felt like trapped and and their whole life was revolving around this this job or the career path and somehow the psychedelic medicines gives them that break to see it from a different perspective that that paradigm shift of 
actually there is something else going on that you know you're not focusing on or at least there is you know other things that are far more important but you're not able to see um i mean not just psychedelic medicines there are other ways to get to that point in life right there is also other modalities mindfulness practices it's not just the psychedelic medicines that take us there but somehow it coincides with a moment of leverage you know like you said being told to leave and the ptsd i always talk about the leverage as something really pushes you to the edge and now you have to look at it somehow that is that what really makes the um psychedelic experience powerful uh as opposed to you know recreation because a lot of the people that talk about life transforming experiences are the ones that face that point in their lives you know and that point is like the turning point so i always i always look at the uh, psychedelic medicines as you know it is not going to give you the same experience like everybody has this idea that they will just take the medicine and that's it they will you know go through the change and the transition and the healing whatever that is uh, being sought but without the leverage without having that foundation without understanding without the groundwork i don't think um this is the case and what are your thoughts on that i'm sure you have all these conversations uh with lots of different people that promote psychedelic medicines as the cure and the transformation tool but i always yes. believe that it is not the case what are your thoughts on that yeah that that's um I have this conversation, a good friend of mine and a co-host of one, one of my podcasts. He's a, he's a life, a mindset coach, and he's really passionate about it. And he's never tried psychedelics. And he's also an ex-police officer. And his thing is always, you can do this other ways. There's other ways for you to get there. And, and my thing is, that's a good debate because there are other ways to get there, but nothing is going to take you there so powerfully as, as the plant medicine for one. Um, I mean, you can meditate. You, I mean, these are all great modalities and you need to incorporate it all into your life, especially in the uh, uh, integration portion, right? Mindfulness, eating good, keeping your body clean, um, staying in a positive mindset, staying in a positive vibration and doing whatever whatever measures you need to do in your life to stay in that vibration. But I do believe that there is nothing, this is just my personal opinion, there's no modality that I've come across that can shake the cobwebs out of your mind and, you know, give you a clear picture of, of yourself like psychedelic medicine. Now, again, uh, I was speaking to, uh, an author, his name's Coop Blackson and he, he's a spiritual teacher, also not a big psychedelic guy, but powerful speaker. And he was, we talked about psychedelics and he was saying that, it's like climbing psychedelics is like you, you, you see a mountain and you want to climb it and you get a quick picture of the top of that mountain, but you still have to climb the mountain. And, uh, that's what the psychedelics will do. They, they'll give you a clear picture of your, whatever intent that you're going for, whatever you need to see, it, it gives you what you need. So take the medicine, you get what you need, and then you go back into your life. But that's where the work starts. The work starts after you get the picture. It doesn't just cure you. It doesn't just give you. It's not the magical cure for sure. 
but it is the magical visionary tool that'll show you what you need to work on. And then you do the work and the work can take years. You can have one psychedelic trip and work on that integration for the rest of your life, you know? So, but I, I love believe, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. I love that. This is also the, something that we'll continue to talk and bring it to our awareness, you know, in our community. Um, my understanding is that psychedelic medicines, they show us where to start, where to start, you know, and then the entire work is then on you in whatever, whatever means that for each person. And I always believe also the environment, the, the support around you, the ecosystem and uh, accountability. It's always been the key you know, for me anyway, in my personal journey and also uh, what we provide in our own community here in the UK, <clears throat> the accountability piece has been the, the magical part because um, it's easier to fall back or, or lose the motivation or, you know, uh, there is this, my favorite, one of my favorite quotes is that knowing is not doing. So even though we can get the clear picture, the, to to you know to actually uh, actualize that you know what is it that you need to do it's going to take a lot of time effort and work commitment and accountability always brings that force uh, when you're accountable it's easier i think you understand that coming from a, a discipline you know uh, like martial arts and things like that i think so if any of these pieces are missing then psychedelic medicine experience can be another thing that you keep going for you know uh, it's not about sitting in an ayahuasca ceremony for three years you know purging your guts out it's about taking the lessons and applying that is the critical part right that's like the how do you close the gap because right now with the psychedelic renaissance really kind of forcefully coming in um so many people are rushing to take more, 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 more medicines. And then there is a massive gap between actualizing all of those lessons learned in the sessions. So, so, the, and the gap is kind of widening. The way that I see it is like the, the gap is kind of growing bigger and bigger. And people continue to uh, rush back to, to have more and more medicine. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, what would you say, or how did you at least? come to actualizing that vision that clear picture and then bring it to bring it home bring it to your life uh, first i wanted to say that i think that if you like the work that you and uh, gerardo urias the the author of taking back my mind um the work that you guys do is super important you know in the integration process working with people after they have their experience um if from this point forward like any psychedelics that I would do for the most part would be with somebody who will, who I can work with throughout, you know, to, to really do the work because, uh, it can be a confusing process and, you know, uh, even the integration as far as, uh, it, the, the first mushroom experience that I had that I was telling you about that one was, one was very clear to me The the answer came from the, you know, infinite wisdom, the knowledge that was all around me just poured into my head. This is the answer. Boom. Clear. Okay. Retire and keep moving forward. That was clear. It came to me, but I've also had experiences where it's not so clear, but it's still very powerful. And then the time, uh, afterward, 
you're having a hard time figuring it out, especially if you're not working with anybody. Got an ayahuasca. My ayahuasca experience was very, very strong. Like it was a tough one. And I learned a general uh, lesson from it, but the application into my life is still, I'm still figuring it out. And that was three or four years ago. You know, I'm still trying to figure out what did this mean? Although I've seen my life change after that experience organically, you know, so that means that somehow it changed me because, you know, if your life is changing, you're changing and, or your life is a reflection of your inner state. Right. So, um, but I would, I would say that it's, uh, it's highly recommended at least for me, who's had some of these experiences to work with somebody who can help you figure out what happened in your trip and, and how to apply it to your life instead of just trying to fumble through it and figure it out over time, which I think can work too, but uh, it can be difficult to figure some of these things out if you don't have someone who's, who's kind of skilled at it and, and kind of speaks that language. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I do. I really agree with you on that. Um, and through my, you know, experience with the podcast and connecting with so many different people, I have met a handful of people that are really, really strong in the field and they have incredible wisdom in uh, interpreting the experiences and also uh, understanding what we're dealing with. I think at the same time, I know because it's now trendy to, you know, become a facilitator or at least um, be part of the psychedelic renaissance. Uh, we are also seeing a lot of people rushing into it before they actually have done their own work and before they have actually, you know, put in the lessons and integrated it and understood fully uh, what we're dealing with. And I think with with any any kind of work, we're going to see that again and again. But it's kind of, for me, it's... It, I just feels it feels more uncomfortable because we have this substance that is involved and is so powerful. And if we don't know what we're doing with it, it can be quite detrimental. It can it can actually re-traumatize the person. So there is that. Um, there is that. And I always believe in um having someone with wisdom to guide us. Uh, I don't just mean the indigenous people, because um, you know, in the Western model. We also need the therapeutic model. We also need the uh, therapy incorporated in some way to understand the whole notion of what it takes to actualize and, and bring it home. Uh, because sometimes, you know, one of the biggest challenges that, you know, uh, we again have these conversations is that sometimes just opting for the indigenous uh, model or working with the medicines doesn't kind of work in the West because we have very different lifestyles. We have different commitments. There's a, you know, work commitment and timing. Um, we seem to be like on a hamster wheel. We don't even have time to reflect or slow down. That makes it very difficult to adopt and bring the indigenous uh, model, apply it to the Western people uh, and the lifestyle. So there is, there is all these different kind of struggles and challenges that we need to adjust and, understand so there is a whole lot of education that we need to go through i think in the next few years i'm sure we'll have much more understanding uh, but for now i think the biggest challenge is not having those people 
to actually help us integrate and understand the experience. Like you said, if you could do this on your own, which you can, but it can take longer because um, one of the things that I always say that we can't see our back, you know, one of our community members, he said this uh, in one of our integration circle and he said, you know, you just can't see your back. So it's like we are somehow innately deceived. So therefore the psychedelic experience can also be amplifying something that we're not we just can't see and we just can't make sense of and it could also amplify the unaware parts of the psyche and the shadow parts uh hence why you know we see so many people just having one ayahuasca experience and then deciding that they want to facilitate right so there is that lots of challenges right now um which is quite dangerous uh if i'm if i may say so um I agree with you. Ultimately, I think we need to create more wisdom lineage. So this is something we're working on in our community over here. We want to create uh, not hierarchical, hierarchical, you know, levels of who's going to be, uh, you know, who knows more and who doesn't know, who knows less. It's just about creating this wisdom lineage where it's benefiting everyone and shared in circles bit like the olden times you know you'd have your elders guiding the younger generation sort of thing uh that kind of uh, approach is something that i'm very much intrigued and leaning towards when it comes to the work with the medicines yes i, I love that I, I, that's huge uh you, you what you touched on with the um, working with shamans in the in the you know traditional sense is man that I never thought of it that way that makes a lot of sense we they're coming from a totally different lifestyle and so it's it's easier and, and probably when they tribally when you're doing medicine you're you're in that the circle that you're speaking of creating you know in a tribal sense when there's a medicine man you stay within your tribe after you do the medicine and you're you're with those people still you know whereas like when I went to the Amazon I mean, it was an excellent experience, of course, and this lifelong shaman, this dude from a village out there, you know, he comes in and it's powerful. But after that, it's like, all right, you know, have a good flight. See you later. And uh, and then you come back and you try to make sense of, you know, these these just otherworldly experiences that you had and all kinds of lessons every night. And, you're, you know, it can be a lot. So that's a. Uh, I, I definitely want to hear more about what you have going on there because that sounds pretty amazing. I didn't know you were in the UK either. That's awesome. What time is it there, by the way? <laughs> it's uh, late in the evening. <laughs> oh, okay. But, um, okay. but I'm very much, yeah, very much used to um, the time zones because it's like, a, you know, we speak to, as you can imagine. I mean, I speak to so many different people from, I think uh, another guest is coming from Australia. That's going to be quite challenging because it's almost 24 hours difference. Oh wow! So, mm -hmm. so, yeah. but I mean, I, it's just about connecting and um, you know, just kind of learning from everyone. I feel like the psychedelic renaissance is connecting us all globally. Um, you know, there's always the negative and the you know disadvantages and advantages of everything that becomes mainstream. But um, beyond all of that, beyond the challenges, I think what's really emerging is a global connection. We have same, you know, sort of common ground 
and uh, and this work is kind of connecting all of us now globally uh yes. lifting all the borders you know and yes. that's that's really exciting for future and uh, also um psychedelic medicine is coming in from the mental health angle i think that's really hopeful so in terms of like community um do you have any sort of community circles that you are part of because this is what i mean by creating um wisdom lineage because um if you look at the uh tribal or at least indigenous way of working they always had their own communities so community becomes the integration um which is the biggest challenge in the west which is the western model we all have very much individual lives individualistic sort of life where we just do everything ourselves if you look at the self-development journey a lot of people would say i've been i have been on this journey like you would say i've i would say the same but this concept doesn't exist in more communal uh you know communities let's say um because for them yes there is an individual progress but then it's a community and you're held and you've been guided you've been sort of looked after when you're sick you're looked after and even in the psychedelic medicine communities in uh, south america like one of the um ladies that i worked initially in the beginning you know they had everyone in that community kids grown-ups elders different generations all generations you know that that's a community and that is the integration they don't have to think about integration because integration is a very new thing and it kind of applies to the west because we don't have that community so now we have to seek tools ways of understanding lots of different things to um, help us make sense right so that's what i mean by creating a wisdom lineage in communities so that we can uh, further our progress uh, in that way Yes. Yeah. I mean, to your question, I, I here personally, no, I don't have a, a community like that, which is, you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons the podcast it's uh, the pod. My first podcast is um, it's a jujitsu and self mastery. So we don't, I mentioned psychedelics, but my co-host, like I said, he's a, he's not, it's not a big topic of discussion on that podcast, but part of creating the increased life podcast that I'm creating now is, which is conscious knowledge and inspiration, you know, and a big part of that is connecting with people like you and Gerardo and, you know, I, and I just started this podcast recently. So that's what I'm trying to do for, you know, for me here is connect with people who are on the same journey because, uh, yeah, it's very important to have that, the community that you're speaking of. So like when you're talking about community, is that through, um, is that like an online community or is that a local community or, or what is that that you're speaking of? Online. Mm-hmm. online online it's nowadays yeah nowadays it's so easy to actually come together online uh, you can imagine um by the way uh, i just want to acknowledge that what you're doing is so important and especially coming from your background being a retired police officer i think speaking to this and representing that you know what you represent is very important in terms of um furthering our progress in the psychedelic space so for that i wanted to acknowledge you and i think there is a huge potential 
of just creating podcasts because sometimes when we create these podcasts there is always an organic community that develops around it uh, and that's just so organic and so beautiful I think um, for you especially I can just imagine I mean probably I can't comprehend but how many police officers retired out there not specifically they don't have to be uh, from your background but imagine so many of them suffering in silence because of the experiences they had and what they've seen and the depression and the PTSD, for example, right? So that's what I mean by creating a wisdom lineage. Imagine creating a community where everybody can be, can speak and seek help and support, right? That, that's for me is, is the most important thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. And it's also, like you said, uh, being an ex-police officer, this is like even talking about this is almost like as progressive as psychedelics are right now to be an ex-police officer who speaks about psychedelics and who has done that is very like most cops would be like this guy's a fucking drug addict or something you know because they have no clue they're not even to them it's just a law it's just drugs you know so to be able to start um, interpreting what it really is as a medicine to that group of people and maybe other people who are along the same line and uh and be able to get start changing their paradigm to see that you know this can fix your life uh in in ways that you could never imagine uh is a big part of the the work obviously and i think just speaking it you know just speaking it creating podcasts and like you said you attract the people who need it and there's people looking for answers uh always so i also wanted to get on the topic of uh microdosing Cause that's, that's another modality that uh, I think is a good way to get people on the path, you know, because uh, again, um, the antidepressants, alcohol, all these things that just kill you, you know, and you can, you can microdose with psilocybin and the, the effects are amazing. You know, um, when I started microdosing, I couldn't believe it. I just, it blew me away, you know, even like sub, it's sub perceptual for the most part, but you just, you're, you, you relax, you're focused, you feel happier. Um, and when you feel happier, you just, I mean, that's the, that's the main goal in the first place, right? Just to be happy. So, you know, you're taking this little, little bit of this magical fungus that helps you just break down the layers, drop your ego a little bit, get in touch with yourself with God, whatever that may be to you and, uh, live your life from a happier place. I remember when I, when I first started microdosing, there was a, I have a training, I trained jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu. And uh, I have a training partner who I, we know each other very well. We spar a lot and we train a lot together. And the first day that I was taking micro, uh, a microdose and I went to train with him and afterward he was like, it was totally clear to him. And I didn't realize it, but he was like, why are you so happy and relaxed today, man? Like, I've never seen you like this. You're not intense. You're just relaxed. It's kind of like you're letting go. And I didn't realize it, but it was because I took a very small subperceptual dose of psilocybin. And uh, I can't stop telling people about microdosing. You know, um, I think it's, it can help anybody. So, and I know you're in, involved with microdosing, right? Is that correct? Yes. Like you, mm -hmm. you, yeah, we do. Facilitate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we do a lot of uh, a lot of integration education. Uh, people who are interested in microdosing, 
Um, thank you for asking that. I think for me, microdosing is the is the ultimate frontier for the Western lifestyles. It's the it's a great doorway to to you know really learning and it's the safest and the, it's the it's the best doorway you could actually enter into understanding the psychedelics as medicines and incorporating them in therapeutic ways for your wellness for all overall holistic wellness and this is this is the whole idea that's why i speak so much to around macro doses you know the high flood doses the heroic doses um can be not so good option for a lot of us in the west just because um just because we don't have the container the support the ecosystem and the whole other components that we need in order to integrate such big experiences um especially alone you know a lot of people are so brave they go ahead and try all these kind of things alone or maybe with a friend in very interesting places um which is not ideal i mean they do still have sometimes have good experiences but what happens is that scientifically speaking or the uh, therapeutic if you look at the therapy approach when we open our system so fast so quick in that way uh, we expand you know on a nervous system level we open up to something um in the same way we close very quickly uh therefore um therefore a lot of people would have these macro experiences big experiences and then not be able to move on or at, at least integrate it into their lives it just becomes a distant memory so that's really the key and like you said with microdosing they can actually have this slow and steady progress and really open them up to connecting with the psychedelic medicines and also um help them re-educate on what they are really um i love what you said earlier about uh because you know so well the entire you know the police being a police and you know this is so contradictory to what you do you know what i mean like you said they would not understand this and they were classed as drugs and and so on so one of my um passion is that to bring so much more education one of the reasons you know the podcast is here is because of that i think it's time for us to really dig in and understand what's been lost since the revolution since the 50s and um yeah try and understand them and try and educate ourselves reeducate because um one of my biggest challenges always about reeducating people who have had experiences in the past when they were young recreational purposes and they have this deep association to the psychedelic medicines as drugs and no benefits you know this just something you do to get high or escape right so i think um having you here today is very important for us because um you can be the voice uh, and also to share your experiences i think a lot of people will come around and start to listen um especially with the level of research and studies are now being done and undertaken i think we're heading towards a maybe in the next few years probably see a lot more legalization or at least decriminalization so for that reason i think you're very important in 
in in the position that you are right now. And if you don't mind me asking, what does it feel like? I mean, just give us a bit of a clear picture of someone, you know, having a PTSD because PTSD is very prevalent right now. Um, most, I think a lot of people, our audience probably will listen and probably have an idea because the um, the most common conversations are happening now is around veterans, right? Veterans and helping them, soldiers, right? But I think there is a whole uncovered or um, at least there is a whole nother world out there that are, you know, police officers which are in a similar position that we don't really talk much about, right? And I think yes. this is a good time to talk about because you've seen it firsthand. What is it like to be living in those conditions and continually facing adverse events on a daily basis? Like what does that do, do to your system, to your mental health, right? Oh, yeah. it's um, That's a good question. Thank you for asking. Um yeah, as far as what it does, I mean, just for a little, b- before I get into that, just so the listener knows, you know, um, 10 years working on a, in a re- rel- not, yeah, really violent city where we have a lot of gangs, a lot of shootings, a lot of stabbings every day. And uh, I was part of like uh, tactical teams and violent response teams. I didn't just do normal patrol, like writing tickets or whatever. I was actually like in the thick of the worst things every night. And so, um, yeah, you see things, first of all, you see things that, and you deal with things that no person should ever have to deal with on a nightly basis. And this is your career, you know, and, uh, you know, you see the death, you see the, the abuse, the just, I mean, I, I won't go all the way into it, but I mean, I've saw, I've seen friends, you know, friends that I worked with, went to the Academy with, get shot, get killed, you know, and, uh, and you, and you realize in the society as well, the way that just the way that it's structured and, you know, just wearing that uniform into life, the majority of people, what I experienced, especially where I was working is you could have the biggest heart in the world. Everyone you speak to just doesn't like you. They hate you because you're wearing a police uniform, you know, and, uh, that in itself wears on you every day. You're like, why am I, you start thinking to yourself, what am I even doing? Why am I serving when it's not being appreciated? And, uh, but it was a good adventure, you know, but it's the type of thing where you, when you leave your house and you drive to work, you're, this is like, uh, they've done studies or whatever. And you, as a cop, when you leave your house, your heart rate, your heart rate already goes way up as you head to work because, you know, you're going into, you, you might not come home that night and that happens every day. So you're constantly facing these, this, uh, these, you know, stressful situations and, uh, you know, you do that year after year and it, 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 it wears on you. And so for me, the way that PTSD, uh, showed up in my life was for one, the major factor was really bad depression, really bad depression. And then, um, like a hyper focus and a hyper uh hyper vigilance maybe and like very intense energy uh that affected the people around me but I didn't realize I was becoming so intense and you know and um it's you know the sad part is like we were talking about that because of the stigma around plant medicine 
that can help these people. Instead, what happens is most of these guys become alcoholics or they always get prescribed antidepressants, you know, and these things become addictive, addictive. I had a buddy who was an ex, he also retired with PTSD and he got addicted to these antidepressants and he, um, he was so addicted to him that when they took him off, he was having thoughts of, he told me he wouldn't do it, but he was like, man, when they took me off of those, I was thinking of like robbing the pharmacy. Like I, I wanted to go rob the pharmacy to get more because he couldn't, he couldn't shake whatever it was. He was, I don't know much about the pharmaceuticals, but he was addicted, you know? And, uh, yeah, it, it, it wears you down over time for sure. So, and that's why I speak about this stuff, you know, freely. And I used to, when I first retired, especially when you're part of this network, right. Of when you live that lifestyle as a cop or whatever career you're in, but especially as a cop, you got to, every step you take is watched. And so you feel very like you're part of this group and you feel very judged, you know, because everything is reputation. Right. And they tell you that from the time you're retired, don't ruin your reputation because then you won't, you won't progress. So it, it was very hard at first to speak about these things, but I retired in 2014. So over time, I'm to the point now where like, I don't, I don't mind at all. I know the power that it has to just speaking authentically, even minus a psychedelic speaking your truth authentically to the world um, is that liberates people in itself, you know, because in our society, it's becoming harder and harder to speak your truth and, you know, to, to say what's on your mind. Cause you're so worried about what the world is going to think about you, you know? And I think uh, definitely with psychedelics, you start breaking down those layers and you're able to, you know, just be yourself and, and authentically become who you are, connect with your true self, which allows you to walk through the world in a happier space, you know? And I mean, cause it ultimately, ultimately, I think that's what most people want, right? Freedom to be who they are and uh, freedom from the chains, the mental chains that we're, you know, domesticated with from the time we're, we're small um, that society kind, kind of puts on us. So um, I would say psychedelics is a key to the chains that we are bound by mentally for sure. You know, that kind of got way off of the topic of PTSD, but um, yeah. No, yeah, it just yeah. makes sense. Cause it's part of, you know, your journey. And uh, also um, it, it's kind of just hearing you talk about just wearing the uniform itself. It just, the, the, the you know, the association around, you just being the police officer out in the world is just, I just can't imagine how, I mean, it will take its toll on you every day for sure. Um, yeah, so do, yeah, do you, do you think there is hope, um, especially in the, in the sectors like police, you know, force with the uniform? Um, I mean, look at the situation now with the, um, the clinical model, lots of the, you know, doctors and clinicians and psychotherapists are jumping on board you know embracing um to learn at least to learn and to to facilitate or uh use this as a modality in their clinics and in their work in their therapy so that's kind of happening already so do you do you think do you have any hopes maybe in the future that the rest of the world will come come in and, and accept this as the medicine 
um, you know, for healing, for well-being, for whatever reason, because it doesn't have to be just healing. That's another thing. You know, lots of people kind of had enough. And I get sometimes people messaging saying, you know what, this whole healing thing is just like so boring now. Let's move on. So it doesn't have to be, right? It's just about, uh, like you said, centering and continually for me, they can also work for uh, centering and keep a check on on yourself and your authenticity and your coherence and to be coherent and aligned, you know, with yourself. I think that they can play a role. It doesn't have to be just healing, right? Because sometimes that can be a whole negative thing for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Healing, just the word healing in itself. If you're dealing with somebody who is heavily uh, egotistical, just to hear the word healing, it, it would be defensiveness, right? Like I don't need to heal. So, but I do think that there's, I definitely think there's hope. I mean, the way that things are growing and expanding and the way that these, there's companies creating medicine with psilocybin right now. Um, there's everything to, you know, from my perspective, everything's always evolving toward the good. There's a reason why uh, this is coming back to the forefront again you know, psychedelic medicine, it's because it's part of who we are as humans and to fight who we are, you know, you're fighting against, there's a Deepak Chopra quote and he says, uh, this moment is as it should be because the entire universe is as it should be. If you struggle against this moment, you're struggling against the entire universe and to struggle against what is, is futile. You know, the psychedelics are part of who we are and, you know, they're here to heal humanity that medicine is here to help humans heal so that we can continue on as humans you know and to fight against that you can go ahead and fight against it but it's you're just going to struggle with yourself um I, I think that to me you know anybody raised in western society or raised in our culture could use some psychedelic medicine you know somebody might disagree with that but that's just my my stance on it. I, I believe everybody can use some psychedelics in one form or another because everybody, like I said, everybody has faced the domestication that is, you know, unavoidable being born into Western society, right? All of your thoughts are pumped into your head from the time you're little. And they're not always all your thoughts. They're just telling you what you should be. And the psychedelics take those thoughts and say, no, all these things that you thought you should be, this is what you are. And then when you can figure out who you are and know yourself, that's when you can build from a powerful place and build the life that you want, you know, while at the same time affecting the people around you in a positive way. And uh, so, yeah, I definitely think there's, there's hope. And even within the, the whole police sector, um, that may take longer, you know, but it, once these things become legal medicines, then it's going to be hard to avoid it. So that these these mushrooms are going to find their way into all the places they need to find their way, you know, like yeah, it's it's a, it's. I mean, I think it's pretty powerful to see how this medicine has reemerged, regardless of the laws and regardless of the way it's been been uh, the propaganda has been pushed against it all these years, and here it is again, worldwide, probably the biggest push that it's had so far, and that's because the Earth is, you know to me the earth is healing itself and we are not more powerful than that so we can't stop the power of the earth healing itself and it's going to be here so you might as well accept it 
you know, and if you're a police officer and you're listening to this, it's not drugs, it's a medicine, you know, um, research it, look into it a little more, watch some documentaries, um, figure out how you can heal yourself. Um, but the thing, the thing about it is, I think if a lot of police officers started using psychedelics, it, they may not want to be police officers anymore. So, because all of a sudden you see all these, you, you see very, at least I did, you see very clearly the confines and the structures and the system and the, the chains that society creates, right. That is really not, it's just an illusion. And then you're like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm kind of part of this system that isn't real. So why do I even want to do this? You know? And that, that's what made me, that message there is what made me leave police work for sure. You know, that clear message that I got, but there's definitely hope. There's no stopping the goodness, you know, everything is evolving for the good. Mm, I love that. I like what you said about the earth is trying to heal itself. The earth, the planet mm. earth is trying to heal itself. You know, there is a inside joke that we, we talk about a lot. Have you heard of this before about psychedelics are cultivating us? humans <laughs> did mm. you hear it it's mm -mm. it's so powerful because um if you listen to like dennis mckenna or some of these people in the in the leading positions i mean paul stamets has a video saying uh mushrooms can save you from yourself i think there is always this humor around how psychedelics are really coming in now strong and it's like we just need to get out of the way and there is a reason for this because simultaneously the world is going through shift a lot of people are kind of being confronted we are now entered into post-pandemic reality it's the realm of you know confrontation right now everything is kind of dissolving changing fast so no you know there is no no you know for me no surprise these medicines are coming strong again and and they have an agenda, of course, when they are used in the right context. They just want us to get our stuff together and be a good human for ourselves, for the planet, for the environment, for the communities, you know, for everyone. So uh, I'm with you on that one. And we've, uh, of course, in, in some cases, I guess when it comes to like a police sector or something like that, um, I guess legalization is going to help because some people are so interested in you know it will change their mind once it's like legalized in some parts and sort of therapeutically at least through the mental health and starts becoming a prescription medicine like australia is already doing it now uh, if you heard of it australia is now providing psilocybin on prescription it's legalized i think it was uh, last month or a couple months ago it wow. is the first country in the world to do this uh, surprisingly I thought it would be U.S., but I, mean, I know some parts of the U.S. are already doing a lot. Um, and then maybe hopefully U.K. can follow suit, but we'll see. Wow, I didn't yeah. know that. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. Australia. Yeah, they are that. now. Yeah, the first country to be legalizing psilocybin on prescription. It's incredible, actually. It's yeah. huge. Interesting. What was that Paul mm. Stamets quote that you said? A minute ago uh he has a video actually you might be able to find it i think our listeners will enjoy it he's got a video not so it's, it's quite an old video and he's he talks about um 
mushrooms will save you from yourself. Mm, yes. And that I wanted to tie it with what you said, because we've been bombarded with all these psychological layers of programming and cultural and, you know, societal, lots of uh, conditioning. Um, I guess that's what kind of he means by it can save you from yourself because, um, if we're not careful and if we're not self-aware, it can be quite detrimental, right? It can be a very brief and painful life if we don't wake up to it. So, yes, one hundred percent. I love that quote: "Save you from yourself." Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's um, in a lot of ways. I mean, that that that's true in a lot of ways. Even like if you do now, I know if I'm gonna do a if I'm gonna do a trip or you know you go to do ayahuasca you have to get yourself into a healthy place. You should get yourself into a healthy place prior as best you can. You know, you should start eating better. You know, you start taking, don't put garbage into your body, get yourself into a positive place mentally, you know, before going into these trips. And just that in itself is, I mean, if I have to become a better person just to use this medicine, just to use it, it's saving me from myself, you know? And then when you take it, and it shows you the things that nobody wants to look at a lot of the time, you know, um, all the past traumas and whatnot that are hidden down there that we, we, we avoid or that we don't even know are there, you know, that's the powerful part about it. You know, I've found out things about myself that I didn't even realize that I was doing that's affecting the world around me, you know, and, it, and when you can dig into that type of stuff and start cultivating a more positive inner light by letting go of your trauma and letting go of your darkness, then your world gets better, right? Because like I was saying earlier, our world is just a reflection of us. So as we work on those things within us, our our world gets better, you know? So yeah, they're saving us from ourselves for sure. Mm -hmm. Powerful medicine. Yeah. And there's a good call from you, actually. Um, This is something, again, I'm passionate about talking again and again. Uh, It's not about jumping in and taking the medicine. It's about preparing, like what you said, start eating better, start preparing yourself, you know, just be ready. That preparation is is incredibly important. There is another video. I have, I drop a lot of videos and quotes, by the way because okay. <laughs> you don't you don't know me uh but this is my favorite thing to do and there is another one uh, a video from james Fadiman, dr james Fadiman, and he said uh, in his lecture he says it's not that you take the take the psychedelic and then become smarter it's about you know you're already you know doing you have a lot of groundwork you've done so much you've cultivated a lot of the groundwork first and then you take the psychedelic medicines to amplify what there is I think this is exactly what um, what they are. You know, it's not about, you know, if you have this toxic relationship and, you know, again, it can be used to pull you out of there. But initially, I think now we're coming to understanding that we need to prepare. And I spoke to um, another guest from a, you know, indigenous lineage. And he said when he traveled, to South America and he was kind of living with an indigenous community. The um, shaman or the facilitator of the medicine, ayahuasca it was, he didn't let him take it. He had to do so many other things. 
months went past. He had to do so much before he was allowed to sit down and take the medicine. Mm. There's so much he had to do. He had to do a bit of labor. There was, you know, he was um, deliberately put under some pressure and there was some sort of breaking the ego through different, different, you know, modalities. And then, and then the medicine, because we know what happens when someone is completely self-unaware and then the ego defenses are so strong. And then what happens when they take the medicine that gets amplified. So, so there is a real wisdom here that prepare and then take the medicine. So that was a good call. Thanks for that. I think this is mm. what we need to speak of more, I think. Yes. That's a um, couple things come up when you mention that one uh, is prepare and then take the medicine. It's just the medicine teaching you always be prepared, you know, don't prepare just for the medicine, but whatever you would prepare for the medicine, it's teaching you take those same preparations into life because ultimately we're preparing for death. So on your way to death as a, as a macro of psychedelics, what they're teaching you is prepare for that surrender, you know, prepare now, whatever, whatever you would do to prepare for a trip, prepare for death that way as well, you know, and you can walk your whole journey that way. Um, so I wish I would have known as far as my, what you explained there, as far as my, my, when I did my ayahuasca trip, well, I did five nights, but one of them was a really big one the first night. And I wasn't, I wasn't prepared. And so, which in itself is still, is, I'll still learn from it. You know, I still learn to be prepared, you know, because that was the most difficult night of my life, you know, and it was because like you said, the ego's defenses came up. And I was battling myself for like seven hours of just terror. And uh, that was because I wasn't prepared. But a big lesson from that is prepare, you know, take care, take better care of yourself, you know, get, get your vibration up, let go of the things you don't need to have in your life, surround yourself with more positive people, eat better, you know, Just keep your vibration high, whatever that means from a holistic standpoint, you know, and then, then take the medicine, you know. But but from you talking, that just that was very clear about preparing. I, I that was a powerful lesson for me because I just thought of preparing. We should constantly be preparing, you know, for our surrender, for our last surrender, you know. So mm. yeah, powerful stuff. It is. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Thank yeah. you. That's really important. Um, mm -hmm. I hear so many stories from different people. I actually heard from another, I think it was another member of our community. He said he had no idea because, you know, growing up in the West, it's very different, right? Very different lifestyle. It's, it's difficult to understand this whole thing, tradition especially. And I think it was him that said he turned up in Peru to this center and they were going to take ayahuasca. It was like a, a week-long ayahuasca uh, retreat. And he just showed up and he sat there and then he was, he said, I was so arrogant. I was so rude. And I told the facilitator, so when do we get high like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, of course, uh, he was, he had a very difficult night, so he paid for it that way. But, uh, it was the most humbling experience after when he went through the experience. 
But lucky enough, the retreat center was a really quality one. So they kind of looked after him and then the whole process of integration was done really well, luckily. Uh, I can just imagine, I just, my heart goes out to those people who desperately go out to these retreats and then get re-traumatized. Again, this is another harm reduction topic that I cover a lot on these conversations, in these conversations, um, that um, the desperate need to drink medicine or take medicine. It's just so common now that people go out there into Peru, into, you know, Costa Rica, other places, um, not knowing, not being able to screen the people and the places and how it's done. Um, also another whole big red flag right now. But then every now and then I hear these stories when they say it's the other way around. You know, they go in there all arrogant and then they come out all humbled down and with humility and respect again. So that's really a beautiful story that was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. It'll humble you for sure. Like nothing yeah. else. Like nothing else. And that's sometimes the best medicine for us, right? Because... Our arrogance is just equated to our to our ego, to the level of our ego. So we need to be humbled repeatedly, I believe. So, I mean, that's why I, I like to train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, because I get humbled every day by people who are better than me. It's a way to get humbled repeatedly. It's important. If you're not being humbled, you need. I highly recommend you find a way to be humbled, you know, yeah. regularly, uh, because our ego can can kind of get away from us a lot of the time, and that's... That's the, uh, yeah. you know, the poison of life, really, if we let our ego get get away from us. I mean, that's what's the problem with humanity in itself, right? Our ego's gotten too without a hand. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, the, I'm, I appreciate talking because I, the last couple of trips that I've had have been, man, they've been heavy. They've been big ones you know the ayahuasca and then a mushroom trip before that were real and and like you said when i did the mushrooms it was a while ago i mean i've done a few heavy mushroom trips but they were solo unassisted with no knowledge of psychedelics just knowing that it's the medicine that is going to help me that's all i knew so i like hiked up into the mountains alone and took like a larger dose and yeah those if i would have known it those were re- those were really hard trips um if I would have known what I know now, I would have started with microdosing and figuring it out that way and slowly, you know, getting the medicine in me, you know, I mean, doesn't microdosing is, uh, it doesn't it like, uh, restructure or like heal some of your damaged, uh, brain cells or something. I mean, I don't know the science behind it, but I know that it literally heals your brain, right? Something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. that consistent practice of continually, you know, the consistency of it, the whole practice, um, in that slow progress, it changes your brain structure and the pathways, and it's a very healing uh, practice for sure. Yeah. Um, Jackson, so as we're coming to end of our conversation, I just wanted to ask you to talk about your routine and what keeps you in check and what are they it's a good call by the way you said cultivate something that humbles you every day that's a really good call what would you say to our listeners uh, about sharing your routine for example what keeps you in check and accountable and humble Uh, so 
one thing I've learned with the routine and preparing now I'm going to, now after talking with you, I'm just going to entitle this. When I say this, I'm going to say I'm preparing for death. You know, you're very disciplined with your daily actions, Jackson, while I'm preparing for death, you know, um, because we have to be prepared for, you know, any surrender. But for me, it's, I've had to be to, to help dissipate the, the uh, depression that comes with PTSD and just depression in general, you know, there's a lot of high percentage of people fight battle depression for many different reasons, um, mainly because they're not living the life that they really want to just true to themselves. I would say that's the main reason, but um, for me to stay in a good state and keep my energy where I want it, it's daily discipline of, you know, I have my whole, whole supplement routine that I do not miss. You know, I supplement with many things, a lot of mushrooms, you know, I just like lion's mane and reishi and chaga in my coffee every day. Um, and I don't miss, I wake up supplements and then walking and getting sunlight. Very important. Keep your vibration high, getting outside. Um, and that I can't miss on that either. I got to get my 10,000 steps outside every day. I'll go on a couple walks and I, I do that specifically to stay at a high vibration you know, to stay happy. Um, and I mean, there's a exercise, huge movement, you know, uh, I like to uh, lift weights or do yoga, you know, hot yoga. These things are important to me. So throughout the week, I have to go lift weights. I have to sweat. Um, the sauna is a big one. If you have access to a sauna, um, if you can get in there, you know, three or four times a week, I try to do it every day if I can, uh, get 30 or 40 minutes in a sauna and you just come out feeling amazing in a really good state mentally. And really that's what it's about. It's about, you can't just magically get into a, a positive mind state and, and for me at least, and stay there forever. It's something you have to work at. It's like, um, like pumping water from a well, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep pumping it, um, for the water to keep coming. And, um, it's a lifelong process. It's a preparation you know, and if it, that's the, that's the true success of life is cultivating the, the true treasure of life, which is inner peace. So if you want inner peace, it's something that we have to work at, you know, you have to dedicate yourself to your inner peace. And also a big one for me is, uh, has been Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So, and that's for male listeners, female listeners. I, I can't, uh, propagate that enough. Like, that is, that has been huge for my life. I tell everybody, I tell everybody about jujitsu and psychedelics, you know, amongst other things, but those two things right there, uh, because jujitsu is just another form of, it's a daily, you know, you're sparring 100%, but you're not hitting each other. It's grappling. So you're just submitting and you tap when you're done or when someone gets you, but you get to get, you get to get humbled on a daily basis by that. Um, so that's huge for me. Um, and yeah, I mean, I started a podcast on that topic because I, I think it's so important, which is one of my podcasts. Uh, it's called soul rollers, soul rollers. And that, that one's, uh, I host with a mindset coach. It's, and we talk about jujitsu and life and self mastery every week. So if you're interested in jujitsu, yeah, check out that podcast. But, um, for me, it's like I said, you, you, if you want to keep your inner light and your inner peace, you got to work at it. You got to stay disciplined. You know, you can't sway from that path.
and you got to cut out, cut out anything from your life that takes you off of that path. So it, it, it can become a very disciplined lifestyle if that's what you want, you know, if that's what you want to keep, to stay happy, you know, within yourself, to keep that inner peace that is unshakable, this, um, in spite of any storms, you keep, can keep that inner peace. It doesn't just appear. So, you know, some people will say, well, you would, you know, what are you like a monk or something? Why are you so disciplined? But for me, that inner peace is more important than anything materially. So. Yeah. yeah. Very, mm -hmm. very powerful. Very powerful yeah. indeed. Thank you for sharing. Discipline is freedom, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Mm. Yes. And also, thank you for speaking to the, the real rawness of what it's like to always cultivate that wellness daily, on a daily basis. You know, like we need to get out of this mindset that we, we are, you know, we can easily take, do something or do one thing or take a pill or do something that could give us that thing, you know, that we all want. We want peace, we want wellness, we want all of these great things, but it's uh, equally, it is cultivated daily. It's not something is given to you. You've got to go after it daily and create that discipline, create that, you know, practice so you can cultivate it. So that's really important that you speak to that. And a lot of people who are suffering from mental disorder or mental health, um, it's good to reinforce this. It's something that you cultivate daily. It's not something that you get rid of. Uh, like we need to stop having these, you know, expectations of what it's like to heal. There is no, there's not, you know, for me, there's no such a thing as healing, becoming a blank canvas. It's about accepting and cultivating daily that discipline to be free, right? To stay free. So yes. that is a great advice. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, just to add on that, I know, I don't know if you probably got to get going, but um, yeah, for me, the mental health thing, it's like, there's no, I don't think you cure that, you know, you, you stay ahead of it. You know, you, the things that bring you to that place, you figure out what that is, then you avoid those things. And the things that take you out of that place, you figure out what that is and you focus on those things. And like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a constant it's it's a constant, you know, I wouldn't say battle because I don't want to use that one. I'm not battling myself, but it's constant, constant discipline. You know, anybody that's battling, a lot of people who talk to me about depression or like, you know, they'll message me or whatever and talk about their depression. But what do you, you know, when asked, well, what are you doing? What's your daily routine? What are you doing to feel better? Well, it's zero. There's not, it's usually baseline. I'm not doing anything. I'm just not happy. Okay, well, let's start here. Go for a walk, you know, get outside. Let's start there. Start doing that first and then get back to me and then we'll add something else. And then we'll add something else, you know, until you cultivate that state of, you know, calmness and happiness. Because it's possible for anybody. Anybody can be happy. Anybody can live a life they want to live. You know, there's nobody that can't. Everybody has that light inside of them. It's just a matter of figuring out how to bring that to the surface. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. With daily commitment to yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great call. Thank you so much, uh, Jackson. Yeah. It's been a pleasure to getting to know you and your story and everything that you do. 
Thank you. Um, yes. What would you like to say as your last words? Um, what last words of wisdom? And also, uh, maybe you can say something about if there's any projects, anything that you'd like to share with our audience. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, words of wisdom. Uh, just to piggyback on what I was saying, um, you know, a happy life is attainable for every single person. Every, anybody can live a happy, joyous, creative life. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are. doesn't matter who you are. You have that light and that greatness with inside of you. Um, I think a lot of people become doubtful of that and they don't think they, they get, uh, they think other people can be happy, but they can't. But that's my clear message that inner peace and happiness is attainable for every single person. And if you haven't found it yet, you know, you're at the right, you're, you're in the right place, right? Listening to psychedelic conversations and, you know, getting involved with these type of people, you become the people who you're around the most. So if anything, I tell people get on these podcasts and hang out with people who are cultivating this inner light so you can learn how to do it. It's a process. It's not something that happens overnight. It's not something that you're going to go take a mushroom trip and fix right away. It's a, it's a lifelong journey of preparation on the way to death. And, uh, it, it never stops, but it's possible 100% for anybody. And I'm talking because I've come from the depths of the darkest depression that you can imagine, you know, suicidal depression where I did not, you know, rock bottom type stuff where my life kind of fell apart and, you know, you have a choice where you can succumb to that. And remember, it's a choice. You can succumb to the darkness or you can choose to elevate. And usually the darkness gives you an, is the best opportunity for you to elevate your life. So, um, yeah, you can do it. Anybody can do it. And if you want to connect with me, then go, uh, the best place to connect is on Instagram at the increase life, T H E I N C R E A S E L I F E the increase life contact me, DM me any questions you have. I'd love to talk to you. And then my podcast, my main podcast is the increase life podcast, where we discuss conscious knowledge and inspiration, you know, for people who want to become the greatest version of themselves, who want to cultivate their inner light. That's basically what that podcast is about, what we've been talking about, you know, all the things you can do to live a happier life. Um, and then I also have, if you're interested in jujitsu and self-mastery, there's a podcast called Soul Rollers, Soul Rollers. So either one of those, connect with me on Instagram. And yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting anybody who wants to talk. So that's, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thank you Definitely. so much, Jackson. And I'm sure we'll have you back, right? We'll be following your journey as always. We do. Yes. We, we always build these relationships with our guests. And then we'd like to have them coming back uh, regularly and just kind of follow up and follow their journey as well. Yeah, I'd love to anytime. And I'm looking forward to you coming on my podcast. So would love to. Yes, would love to. Yeah. I love going on other podcasts. Just gives me a chance to say and speak as well. I mean, I try and, uh, you know, um, what I know, what I've kind of developed so far to share. It's always a pleasure. So I'd love to. Thank you. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and hope you enjoyed this conversation. And do not hesitate to get in touch with me or Jackson. 
share your experiences. If you want to add something, you want to ask a question, drop it in the comments. Don't be shy. And I'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us. Psychedelic Conversations podcast is designed to educate, inform and expand awareness. For more information, please head over to psychedelicconversations.com. You can also share with your friends or leave a review so that we can reach more people. You can also join us in our private Facebook group to keep the conversation going. This show is for information purposes only and it is not intended to provide mental health or medical advice. Thanks for listening.